So it's about establishing these relationships. I've ended up doing business over my career with small businesses that I had known four, five, six years. And sometimes I would tell them, look, I like the cut of your jib, but I'm not looking at this again for another two years. You know, check in with me every six months or so. If something really changes in the business, let me know. But stick around when the time comes, then yeah. But you need to be sourcing everything the company buys all the time. And you need to be doing that whether procurement does it or not. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. My name's Adam, and I am joined, as always, with my co-host, Chloe. In today's episode, we welcome author, speaker, and consultant, Jamie Crump. Jamie is an advocate for business results in supply chain and supplier diversity and has extensive experience in strategic sourcing, business services, and operations, software development, capacity provisioning, and supplier diversity. Jamie's also the president of the Richwell Group, an organization that partners with firms of any size, from Fortune 500 companies to small and diverse-owned companies, to help them make informed choices about the direction of their business. Thanks for being here, Jamie, and joining us today on uh, our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much, Jamie. We're so excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about, you know, why you started the Richwell Group and what the Richwell <laughs> Groups does. You know, we got we got a little taste of it in the intro, but I want to hear from you. Sure. Well, I, I spent a career working in uh, corporate large companies mm-hmm. in procurement and mm-hmm. with procurement always comes supplier diversity. So I'd worked in right. both of those areas. Um, I had the opportunity to um, depart my last corporate gig. And I really wanted to take some time off and kind of decide what I wanted to do next. So um, like most people, I said, you know, I'll do some consulting for a while. Uh, So we we did that. I started Richwell and uh, doing what I knew, which was uh, procurement and supplier diversity. And before you know it, I I really decided, you know, this is what I want to do. So uh, Mm -hmm. so we dove head first in and uh, and here I am. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what is it that you, so you say you consult, right? And in that strategic sourcing, supplier diversity side, but what is it truly that your organization offers to small or large businesses, right? Mm -hmm. I mean- Every consultant kind of has a niche, right? So when somebody comes and looks for you, what is that kind of special thing that you offer them uh, when they come and use your services? Well, you know, Adam, my niche is that I've sat on both sides of the table. So Mm -hmm. I've had responsibility for sourcing. I've had responsibility for supplier diversity. Um, I've built out teams in 
both of those areas. I've started it in companies. And um, very often you get people who are really, really good. They've done either they come from the procurement side or they come from the supplier diversity side. Mm -hmm. So my niche is I've sat on both sides and I've had responsibility for both. And in doing that, I can help large companies who are putting together strategies or they have a strategy maybe that they have started and it's plateaued. You know, we started started it Mm -hmm. and we got to a certain level and then here we are. Right. Uh, so they need to give it a little more energy or, or a refresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. exactly. And then right. I work with a lot of small companies, especially diverse owned because they get certified and then it's, you know, you work so hard for that. And then it's like, okay, it's like, Oh, what do I do next? Yeah. Exactly. Where do I, yeah. where do I spend this? Uh, right. Right. <laughs> so it's about leveraging that. And mm-hmm. also understanding if you come, especially if you come from a small business standpoint, you may mm-hmm. not necessarily understand what's going on in the back room at those corporates. Right. So mm-hmm. you're meeting a certain, you know, you're meeting a certain group, but there are other groups back at the office uh, that right. need to have discussions and your information needs to be something that's going to resonate with them as well. So that's kind of right. my niche is helping pull the curtain back. <laughs> I love, love that. that. Well, I love I, I, that. you know what? That's kind of a great segue right? Into one of our questions, isn't it, Chloe? So you you talked about pulling the curtain back and that's actually the title of your book, right? (laughs) Um, Backstage Pass, Pulling the Curtain Back on Business of Supplier Diversity. Um, And where it says in our description that you tear down the veil of supplier diversity. Talk about that for a second. I I love that imagery. Yeah, it's great, right? Because still being a practitioner, right? I feel like Mm. I have to do that almost every day. Mm. They kind of, you know, um, we meet great suppliers. They're excited. We shake hands. We trade cards or we used to trade cards. We don't see anybody anymore. We trade emails now, right? (laughs) Uh, LinkedIn invitations. Uh, And then they expect that, oh, I've given my information to Adam or I've given my information to this person and the rivers of gold are about to start flowing. And, (laughs) you know, four weeks later, they're like, so where's my contract? And I'm like, we've only been talking for four weeks. That's right. right? That's so right. talk to us a little bit about this veil that you pull down. Mm. Well, you know, I always treated supplier diversity as a business strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you it's really, it's going to benefit business all the way across. And like any business strategy, just like having sound financials or having a good marketing plan, mm-hmm. uh, it's something that doesn't have a start and an end, number one, right. it's something that's mm-hmm. ongoing. Right. Right. So, right. Uh, so I tend not to use the words program or initiative because that mm-hmm. kind of connotes there's an end date out there somewhere. Absolutely. Uh, but also it's something that everybody needs to get involved in. Business right. strategies are something that are typically company wide. Everybody knows about them. Everybody knows they're important. Um, supplier diversity is very often the best kept secret in, mm. in a company. Mm. So um, the book came about because when I started consulting, I started looking for research material that I could recommend to clients, like go mm-hmm. read this and it'll kind of get you up to speed. And there's a lot of great stuff out there, but it didn't address it from the business strategy standpoint. Right. Uh, right. And yep. so it was that need and a little bit of serendipity um, that caused me to start writing uh, backstage pass. And really my take on it is there are five primary members or cast cast members, if you will, that mm-hmm. make successful supplier diversity. And that's the C-suite, the supplier mm-hmm. diversity professional, the supply chain professional, the diverse business owner, and then the one who gets ignored the most, the end user. Right, <laughs> right, well, they, right. They get you ignored a lot, but yeah, <laughs> that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. That's so good. I love how you just break that down. And yeah, 
allow companies who are in sort of the formative stages of figuring out what does supplier diversity mean to us and us and as, as an organization, you're giving them a framework of who should be involved in this process mm-hmm. and who should be engaged in the conversation internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how well these five cast members interact is yeah. going to determine the success or the yeah. of, of the strategy. so very true. I often talk about that too. You have to have the tone and tenor from the top, right? So yes, I, right. I think you hit it the first one, that C-suite. If they're not saying the the you know the supplier diversity lines from the top you know i can shout it from the rooftops all day long and nobody's going to listen to me right that's but right. if one of my presidents says it then hey that's yeah. a totally different story um, then it's so important I, suddenly yeah yeah right all right. right. like oh do we have that department i'm like yeah well yeah but it's years. all you know but i think it's also understanding each of those cast members yeah from each of the other cast member roles so mm-hmm. a lot of what I'll find is like, I'll go in and work with a, with a company whose strategy has plateaued. And I'll mm-hmm. say, show me the last report that you sent into the C-suite. Mm-hmm. And they'll send me something and I'll look at it and go, okay, does this look like the deck that they just delivered to Wall Street when they just mm-hmm. did the last quarterly update? Right. Yeah. Well, no, it's like, you know, the people in the C-suite are accustomed to seeing things in a certain way, Mm -hmm. um, in a certain format. And if you're not tying it back to the other business strategies, you're leaving money on the table and you're leaving support on the table too. Right, right. That's so true. The support and financial support too. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of been a view of mine. I'd be interested to take on this, Jamie. When looking at supplier diversity inside corporate America, right? So let's, we're thinking about the bigger firms. You really have have to have your supplier diversity team kind of be that connector between the C-suite, the service managers, and the end users. Supplier diversity kind of has to be in the middle and it has to be prepared to talk both languages, right? And I, and I very rarely see that sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So I'd love some of your insights on if you're a CPO or, you know, you're maybe a senior manager in your strategic sourcing organization and you're like, yeah, we've got to get this program running. What What's an archetype maybe? Give us a, mm-hmm. a, a character sketch of what your rock star um, supplier diversity person is going to look like that you need to bring in to act out and to carry out. And I love it, that strategic plan. I love that phrase as we're talking about about supplier diversity to carry out that business plan? Well, you know, I think first and foremost, the role in supplier diversity, that professional has to be a very customer centric mm-hmm. because everybody is a customer of theirs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Think about it. C-suite is because that's where they're getting the information on how well they're mm-hmm. doing and what they need to do next. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the supply chain people are their customers because right. they right. have to work with them to get those people in the door and get them past the door, you right. know, get them past right. the waiting room, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, Behind the, the velvet rope. The, <laughs> the diverse business owner is their customer because they're yeah. advocating for them. And they're also, in many cases, coaching and mentoring them right. to get them ready to meet the rest of those people. And then finally, the end user. I mean, in you know, internal stakeholder engagement is the biggest miss that I see mm-hmm. throughout company because mm-hmm. they think, you know, well, if the CEO comes out and says we're going to do it, and I work with supply chain, um, everybody else will just get on board. But you know, what we're also seeing now is employees want to know how they can contribute. Yes, yeah. So even something as simple as, um, you know, I. I remember in one company that I worked for, um, we had a promo company that was not diverse owned, but they had done a really good job of bringing in diverse owned companies Mm, Mm -hmm. that was providing stuff that was on sale in our e-store. 
And so we had we had done a pretty good job of engaging with the sales organization and with the internal stakeholders to let them know. So what we did was we just started, we came up with a logo for diverse owned businesses and we started putting it on the e-store for all the stuff that was coming from. Oh, the company, nice. Right? Yeah, right. And so then they could make choices. So sales was on board because we were doing tier two reporting for their big mm-hmm. customers, right? Yeah, so they knew right. if they bought here. Um, we rolled that out. And in the first quarter, the diverse owned sales went up over 30%. Yeah. And that's not that sale, you know, everybody just started buying promo. They were still right. buying what they had been buying, but they were right. making choice. They were making informed choices. Mm-hmm. And so they were coming in and saying, well, all else being equal, I want to support this. Right. And you're getting that more and more now where employees mm-hmm. want to know how can we support these initiatives mm-hmm. and and these strategies that the, that the company has. Yeah, I think yeah. you see that just like across the board as people yeah. are looking for more impact investing, you know, with their finances, with their time. They want to be doing something more altruistic and philanthropic and not waiting until they retire to do it. So I think yeah. people are, are looking for those opportunities through their employers more so than they have historically because we do yeah. spend a lot of time at work and we do spend a lot of time with our with our colleagues and it is it is a, a community for us. And so the more that we can do things that are aligned with our values, I think that yep. the the success, the more successful those companies end up being because the output and the production ends up being higher. Well, and it's so much a core thing today. Yeah. Um, I remember interviewing for an article I was writing, I interviewed one of the partners of one of the leading financial consulting firms. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking him, I said, so, you know, the people that you're bringing in for the most part, are young, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. ones who can stand that Sunday to Thursday that we used to do. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, do, do you find that they expect to find diversity as a mm. core competency of the company? And he kind of laughed. He said, expect it. He goes, no, they demand it. Mm. He said, if I'm going to have the best talent, mm-hmm. I have to be able to address that because that's the expectation now. And what we're finding is that it is, it's, you know, I, people say, you know, why do I, do I really need this? Well, I don't know. Are you interested in profitability? Are, <laughs> right. you, interested, are you interested in recruiting and retaining the best talent? Right. Are you interested in innovation? Right. <laughs> right. right. These are better questions that you should be asking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. And if the answer to yes, if the answer is yes to any of those, then yeah. Uh, then yeah, you should be interested in this. That's great. That is so great. I mean, it is something that I think companies often miss and those that are mm-hmm. sort of thinking about supplier diversity as an afterthought, they're, yep. a, you know, they're going to get left behind. Well, and even now where you have, you know, D&I has, has come to the forefront in the right. last mm-hmm. 18 to 24 months. But even then you still sometimes have to push like, okay, so if you're going to get all of those benefits for your company, mm-hmm. how much better can you be if you had that same um initiative being brought to your entire supply chain. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And that's really where you get the ripple effect right. um, that's going to come out. And that's where you see things like the economic impact. Right, right, right. Yes. And that's that's a great way to show involvement, right? I know that has, we have started doing economic impact studies and that's opened up a lot of eyes. Uh, yeah. Just trying to understand, I mean, it makes sense on a theoretical level, but when you can actually put dollars and data into that study, you can say, wow, we spent this much and we made this big an impact, right? Because we all would love to reach those underserved, hard to reach uh, communities. Right. And 
but that's where our diverse businesses have set up shop. That's where our diverse yeah. businesses are hiring from, right? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. where they're spending their, you know, extra cash on. Uh, and so then be able to show the direct and indirect impact of our dollar spent on stuff that we need anyway to run the bank. It's not like we're making a special purchase of something that we may or may not use. Right. We're buying things that we consume, yeah. makes an impact in a community. And that's really a significant way to start moving conversations and the yeah. dials and really starting to help some of these communities grow organically. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's, it's the, you know, 47.1% of the population of the U.S. are employed by small businesses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And more and more, you're seeing that those businesses are being started by minorities, people of color, mm -hmm. by women, mm -hmm. uh, you know, by LGBTQ. Yeah, uh, right. Those are the ones that are out there and they're doing it in their own neighborhoods. They're mm -hmm. doing it <clears throat> where they can get the people that they want to hire right. uh, to bring in. And that's only going to help those areas. Absolutely. Um, you know, so much more than, hey, we, you know, I mean, it's great, write a check, do whatever. Yeah, but, right. you know, it's, it's, it's good business and it's good business on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I agree. I agree. So Jamie, I also want to talk um, a little bit about, you know, we talked on your intro that you are also a speaker. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about some of the speaking engagements and what, what are some of the topics that you generally like to talk about and what you usually share with some of your audiences. If, if some of our listeners are looking for speakers and looking for people <laughs> that, that have your expertise. Um, absolutely. No, I, you know, the speaking really started from first in an educational environment. So mm -hmm. I was going to conferences. Um, I, I ended up in procurement very young. I ended up, mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of one of those situations where the building comes down and there's the one person standing. That's kind of how I got my first procurement organization to run. Um, so I was looking to get better educated and in going mm -hmm. to conferences and a lot of those then, you know, I, I have to admit, I came, I became a little bit enamored with the people who could get up and just talk about different mm -hmm. things. Yeah. So I really set out to try and learn some of that. And then as my career grew in the corporate environment, I found that, you know, that could be a benefit both to the company and for me personally was right. uh, being able to support these organizations. As I got involved in supplier diversity, same thing. So, you know, as a corporate member, um, mm -hmm. I was often asked to come in and lead a workshop or, or do something of that nature. And so, you know, I, I realized when I left the corporate environment and started Richwell, I had a lot of stuff that I had mm -hmm. talked about over the years. So I started right. kind of putting that together and mining it and doing an inventory, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Most of the topics that I speak on are either procurement oriented Mm -hmm. um, and that's everything from, you know, different category expertise to building out strategies, negotiations. Mm -hmm. I mean, all mm -hmm. the things that you would expect right. um, in there. There's also obviously supplier diversity. There's been mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that I've developed in support of the book um, yeah. so that I can take pretty much any chapter out of the book and, and do either, you know, a keynote or a workshop half day or whole day, something on that. Um, but then also along with that comes a lot of stuff around leadership. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, women's studies, um, operating, Mo most of my procurement background is in what they call indirect. So it's mm -hmm. not what the company made or sold. It's all the infrastructure that they needed. Right. Um, one of the benefits you get from that is you spend a lot of time with the C-suite and upper management because mm -hmm. that's who your customers are. 
Right. Um, they're the ones that are spending those dollars and making those decisions. So I felt like I had some insight into the C-suite that a lot of people at my level probably didn't get the benefit right. of. Right. Um, and doing it at a lot of different companies and a lot of different industries. Everybody needs the stuff that I'm buying. Right. Um, so right. I was never pigeonholed right. into one industry or one area, you know? Yeah. So I worked for a bank. I worked for the phone company. I worked in pharmaceutical. I worked in, um, you know, heavy equipment rental, pretty much the gamut. So uh, those types of things have allowed me to kind of see a lot of that stuff. And, and I'm a real observer. Mm -hmm. uh, and so over the years, because I had the ability to start younger than a lot of people, um, you know, I've kind of had the ability to get on. And I was also very fortunate that I've worked for companies that were very supportive of mm -hmm. me, you know, volunteering time, being involved in boards and being yeah. involved in, in different organizations. All of that is going to require you to speak. So right. you know, whether it's a workshop of 10 or, you know, 6,000 with the screens up, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, those are the yeah. best. It's, it's just um, it's a great way to, um, you know, help spread, I guess, your message. But also it's been a great way to establish the network and and um, and keep that going over the years. Right. That's right. awesome. So I know so, for some of, oh, I was just going to say just for some of our yeah. supplier diversity um, professionals who may not be as comfortable speaking, yeah. you know, mm. what would you recommend to them if they are in the role? And because you're right, you know, you do need to be visible. You need, you're, you're having conversations mm -hmm. all day long. Um, how do you help? What, what are your recommendations or suggestions on how to build up that skill set of public speaking? I've always been a firm believer in building that out. I've always yeah. encouraged my team to get comfortable with that because mm -hmm. I think that's something they don't necessarily teach you when you're going through right. the degree program, mm -hmm. but man, does it make a difference in the corporate world um, yes. you're comfortable yes. getting up and doing something like that. So, um, you know, I will often, uh, I've often started team members in a local Toastmasters. It's a great way to get over the nervousness. It's a yeah. safe haven. Um, yeah. It's something that nobody's going to judge you in there. And I also like the fact that it gives you different looks. It's not just doing the same thing. They start you out with a program of 10, I think, in the first book, but it's 10 completely different types of speaking. Right. The right. other thing that it helps you do is stay on time, which is so, mm. so oh, critical. Um, yes. One Thank of the you. things that's missing the most. <laughs> And I think it teaches you to be on your feet in terms of how to alter whatever you've got. I mean, we've all been to, you know, the one hour session, somebody comes in at 60 minutes, they have a hundred slides, um, oh, you know, yes. 30 minutes in they're on slide four, yeah. uh, yep. they start getting the thing, but they can't skip forward. It's like, they just talk faster and it's just so painful. They can't um, skip forward and then they can't speak extemporaneously. Yes. Right? It's yes. so, I want all of you diverse suppliers to listen to this. <laughs> when you send in your salespeople to corporate, please listen yes. to us. Keep it on time. Don't follow a script. And if yeah. you're asked a question, please answer it and don't advance to the next slide. Oh my <laughs> goodness. And if you have 30 minutes, use 25. Yeah. Do corporate a favor. Use 25. Give them five minutes of their day back because they are back 
to back to back. And if you all could be on the Zoom call with us right now, all three of us are nodding like, yes, yes. we are. Yes. Jamie, I agree with you, not only for supplier diversity professionals, but if you're a small business owner and you're trying to figure out how to develop your sales staff or even maybe your pitch, Toastmasters. It's incredible because it will allow you to do that and read your audience. That's the other thing you touched on yes. too. And I love that. Read your audience. If right. I've got a blank stare on my face or I am totally <laughs> disengaged from you, realize that your pitch is probably falling flat and you need to do something to bring me back into the conversation. So and it's thank not, you, Jamie. And the answer that is, is not more of the same. <laughs> yes. 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 When you pitch, when you pitch me, you're pitch me differently than you pitch other people. Absolutely. I mean, one of the workshops that I do, um, I do with all clients, but mostly with small businesses and I call it the one, three, five, 15. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of small businesses have the most difficulty articulating what they do for a living. Mm. And (laughs) and it's when you go to these events, you need a one minute that you can do, you know, the elevator pitch, or I call it the standing in line at Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> you need the three minute when you're in the round table and everybody's taking two to three minutes yep. to mm-hmm. introduce themselves. You need the five minute when you have a little bit more time and you can dive a little deeper. And then you need the 15 minute, which is the matchmaker session. I'm going to add two other categories for you. The yeah. person who's unfamiliar with what you do and the person who's been yes. doing it their entire life. Yes. I cannot, my specialty is contingent labor. And I can't tell you how many times I get pitched contingent labor. Like I've never seen it, heard it, yeah. done it, contracted, negotiated it. I'm like, yeah, ladies, I can tell you how to do this probably a little bit better than you can. So please. Yeah. And so then when I throw them a pitch question, I go, so why do I include you on the RFP and not the competitor I just talked to 20 minutes ago? Yeah. It is like crickets or yeah. I get to hear about their latest AI. Yeah. <laughs> Pro so tip, again, back AI to, is not a differentiator. All right. You're, so go back to not answering the question, you know, you appropriately right. mo- yeah. moving forward. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, you, you just eliminated yourself. Thank you for making my job easy. Well, you know, it's funny, but with small, you know, small businesses, I mean, you start this because you have a passion for something. Right. Absolutely. And so most definitely. Result, that's what you want to talk about. But what I find most is they're unfamiliar with the whole supplier diversity situation. Right. Mm-hmm. They come in more often than not ready to talk to the person who's done it their whole life. Right. When in mm-hmm. fact, you're talking to somebody who's, you know, first cousin twice removed from right. the end user. Yeah. Um, yep. And here's the thing. If they don't feel comfortable enough going back to the office and talking about it, guess what? You're going to fall to the bottom of the list. Right. Yep. And they're going to talk about something that they are more comfortable with. So if you don't, you know, if you're not in contingent labor uh, (laughs) that they know how to talk about, um, then you need to come up with a way of something that's going to resonate both with them, but also make them feel comfortable. Yeah, that is really important, I think, for small businesses just to understand that, you know, not so much it's but it's not about you. It's about Mm -hmm. it's about the organization that you are trying to do business with. So really fully understanding from a sales perspective, you know, what's going to resonate with this potential client. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, one of the things when I was, we were preparing for your interview uh, that kind of jumped out at me was one of the comments around making sure that sourcing and supplier diversity are are working together and in tandem. And I mean, can you talk a little bit about that, Jamie? And it may may not be, you know, it could be supply chain, it could be Mm -hmm. procurement, but how important is it for, you know, these respective groups to be not operating in silos, but, but working together as a 
cohesive team? Well, I'll tell you, that's going to be the success or failure right there Mm -hmm. because you can have the C-suite, you can even have your end user engaged. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a good working relationship with whether you call it supply chain or procurement or strategic sourcing and supplier diversity, then it's not going to get where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing for me early in my career, I had the opportunity to build out a program. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I've been to the supplier diversity events and they continuously complain about procurement, not mm-hmm. understanding them, they won't take the meeting. And I've been to the sourcing Conferences. events where they mm-hmm. complain about supplier diversity. You know, mm-hmm. I need, you know, I need engineers and they bring me a florist. Mm-hmm. I right. get all these <laughs> business cards. What am I supposed to do with this? And right. I thought, you know, I have enough complaining in my life already. Um, Love it. <laughs> I don't, I don't Love need it. more. Yeah. So I ended up giving both titles mm. to everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I and I thought, you know, they'll figure it out. Um, mm. And they did, I found. When they were responsible for both, it made a huge difference. And I ended up doing that several other times throughout my career of just making, you know, so the, the title was Director, comma, strategic sourcing and supplier diversity. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what was on the business card. That was what was in HR. Right. Um, and if they're not working together, what you end up with is you get this, well, every year sourcing gives us a list of what they're going to be bidding. That's the first mistake. Right. Mm-hmm. You should be sourcing everything the company buys all the time. Because when you need something, that's a really poor time to be out Looking for it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's about establishing these relationships. I've ended up doing business over my career with small businesses that I had known four, five, six years. And sometimes I would tell them, look, I like the cut of your jib, but I'm not looking at this again for another two years. You know, check in with me every six months or so. If something really changes in the business, let me know. But stick around when the time comes, then yeah. But you need to be sourcing everything the company buys all the time. And you need to be doing that whether procurement does it or not. Right, exactly. Because there's all kinds of procurement going on, as we all know, that's not coming through procurement. And that can also be a good way for you and procurement to join forces. Mm -hmm. Because I've had people who didn't use procurement But then I went in and said, okay, I get it. You're not using procurement. What are you doing for supplier diversity? Because we have requirements there as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not doing anything? Oh, you don't know about how to do that? Well, Mm -hmm. here, let me bring my procurement person in. (laughs) Right, right, Mm -hmm. right. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jamie, what have you seen from companies who put some sort of tangible, you know, incentive or reward for some of their managers for participating Mm -hmm. or, I mean, carrot or the stick approach for organizational leaders who don't sort of participate or who are not engaging in supplier diversity? I, you know, I think that, you know, look, I'm a for-profit entity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always have been. Uh, Always will be. Always will be. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, if, if you want it, if you want people to pay attention to it, then mm-hmm. it has to be there. And you know, mm-hmm. we do that all the time with other business strategies, right? right? I right. mean, I I worked for a bank where I worked in procurement, and I was supposed to bring in X number of banking leads mm-hmm. every quarter, right? Right, right. Nobody had any issue with that, 
Right. Uh, even right. though I wasn't in sales. Right. You're like, wait a minute. How did I yeah. get these sales goals? Yes. Right. <laughs> Where did this come from? I wasn't. In fact, I was about as far away from sales as you could get. But, you know, I think that uh, just like you have things, you know, as a manager, as I've been, um, you know, reviewed over the years, there, is, there are, you know, yes, it's savings driven. Yes, it's spend driven. Right. But it's also been about how am I developing my team? How am I getting mm-hmm. people to work together? How am I streamlining processes? Well, guess what? On that list should also be, what are you doing in terms of supplier diversity? Mm-hmm. Right. And if it's there, people will pay attention to it. Absolutely. And you have to have some sort of an accountability. Right. So you can't just throw it out there and then never look at it again. So, right. you know, I had quarterly, I've always had quarterly reports that go into the C-suite, but also next level down, send right. it to all the business heads mm-hmm. um, and do it in a way where they can see everybody's results. Right. right. Not in the details, but at the high level dashboard level. Yeah. Because hey, those guys are competitive. Well, man. So really competitive. I was like just about to say that. I was like, then oh. the competitiveness that yeah. that a lot oh, yeah. of people in those roles have because they I mean they wouldn't be in those roles if right. they weren't somewhat competitive. And Absolutely. so internal competition. Now they're competitive. They're they're mm-hmm. seeing numbers against their their team's numbers or their region's numbers, and they're like, Oh, no, no, no. We can't yeah. be at the bottom. I mean, I I presented I have presented at those meetings and had, you know, some Somebody going, well, you know, we're doing this and this and this. What's your right. problem? Oh, <laughs> you Catch up. <laughs> hey, Catch you're up. bringing us all down over here. What's happening? Yeah. 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 You know, and and you kind of touched on it just for a second, Jamie. I want to revisit a little bit, too, is if you're at a corporate that provides a service that small businesses want, yeah. guess who's your best friend in the world? Your supplier diversity department. That was a major revelation that my firm just made. They're like, oh, hey you guys talk to small businesses all day and we're like, uh-huh. And we like to have commercial banking business. And we're like, we know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. It was like all of a sudden they made the connection and they're like, you could start being, you know, you could start funneling leads and generating leads. And we're like, we've been trying to say that for a while now. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating when you talk to the business, all of a sudden these lights go on, they realize, oh, we have people that are you know, talking to the customers we want day in, day out and are developing a relationship with them, right. you know, that makes that even easier. So don't silo. I think this is where you're going with it, Jamie, right? Don't silo supplier diversity into this niche, super elitist division of strategic sourcing, but realize they are a integral. And here we go back to something you said at the very beginning, part of your business strategy. And make it look as much like the other business strategies as you can. If your company is using pillars or chevrons or whatever, Mm -hmm. don't give them unicorns and rainbows, you know, use the same deck layout, align it to those pillars one company I worked at, we provided tier. I went to sales and I said, look, anybody who asked for tier two reporting, send them to me. I'll take care of it. And they said, really? And I said, oh yeah, absolutely. No problem. But then what I did was part of my dashboard was here's the percentage of your overall revenue that demands mm-hmm. tier two reporting. That is genius. I love that. That's a and, great view. Because that's a great way to then, you know, when you need <laughs> right. an actual software uh, solution, it's like, 
Now we can talk about how much exponentially we can speed up just overall, just operational efficiencies by using a tool that will help us really solve this problem. Well, now, well, you're, other- not, now you're not an overhead. Right. Now right. you're part of the right. sales process. Now you're right. a revenue generator. Right. Right. And then the other thing, too, is that can become part of the RFP process when you go competitive with it, too. And now you're guaranteeing that you're bringing in partners that share your same ethic on supplier diversity. And on the on the flip side of that, you work with your sales organization to make sure that they're telling that story when they're responding to RFPs that are asking them what they're doing. So instead of just blah, 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 get some sales collateral in there that really tells the story of what you're doing. Right. And run it by your supplier diversity department. Yes. Well, you should be working with them to get that anyway. <laughs> I know, but you and I also both know working in the real I world that doesn't happen. So I'm just driving that nail home for everybody. <laughs> well, That's Jamie, fair. You, you've given us you've given us so much to think about and so much for our listeners to really think about and you know observe in their or own organizations and challenge if if yep. it isn't the way that it should be. So if they'd like more information, where where oh, yeah. can where can they find you and, and the Richwell Group? Well, you can uh, we're at the Richwell Group dot com. Uh, Jamie at the richwellgroup.com. That's me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Tell your family, tell your friends. So we'd love to help them out. Yes, 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 yes. And thank you so much for coming on the show. We really, really appreciate it. Also, be sure to check out Jamie's new book, Backstage Pass, Pulling the Curtain Back on the Business of Supplier Diversity, out everywhere now. Yeah. So you can keep up with Jamie, as she mentioned, by visiting her website at www.therichwellgroup.com and supporting her there. Thank you all so much. And thank you, Jamie, again. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.